Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus. Built with the zero landfill promise, all waste is recycled or reused. With more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. Enjoy springtime on this award-winning three-hour experience, putting you in the middle and on top of Asheville's scenic beauty and intriguing history. Enjoy handcrafted drinks and delicious food, all led by a local expert guide. Tours offered daily and year-round with transportation provided. Visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com and by RomanticAsheville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and on all your favorite podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, and Amazon. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, helpful tips, and links to stories from people who share travel-inspired stories that will change our lives forever. My guest today has traveled all over the world as an educator and innovator. Rob Lefensky is the owner and founder of Mandala Chocolate, an organic chocolate factory, and Mandala Springs, a peaceful, sustainable retreat on the edge of the Pisgah National Forest near Barnardsville, North Carolina. Rob's passion is to give the gifts of knowledge, empowerment, and health to to everybody. And Rob, it is so great to have you back on Speaking of Travel. Yeah, it's good to be back. Thank you. So Rob, when you were on the show last, we were talking about how you started uh, Mandala Springs and, and how you started with the Chocolate Factory. Give us a little background so that listeners today can have a little backstory of how your travel experiences have led you to where you are right now. Great. Well, um, you know, just basically Mandala Springs, uh, 67 and growing acre uh, human empowerment and ecological retreat center um, and also certified organic forest farm for wild herbs that we use in Mandala chocolate, which we make right here on site. Um, And, you know, a company that's dedicated to supporting the farmers, supporting the supply chain and creating that holistic reciprocity that is really necessary in order to in in order to really create the kind of future we want for the generations to come and really what leads a person to really dedicate themselves to 
something like this is in, in so many ways is, is having gone through the kinds of rites of passage that allow you to really expand your sense of self beyond your own little bubble and to really, uh, really feel what's happening on a global scale um, and, and understanding, you know, the, the needs of, of people around the world and the needs of all of us to have coherence with the natural world and actually treating the ecosystem with like that base level intelligence that is possible. But, you know, traveling for me really helped expand all of my edges and give me the perspective that really helped to hone in on what truly matters to me and where I feel like I could actually have the greatest impact on the future through my actions, um, through the businesses that I create and the practices that I share and teach. So when you were growing up, did you travel when you were a child? Is that something that came uh, just naturally for you? How did that unfold, Rob? That's interesting. I, I definitely uh, I definitely spent a lot of time. Um, you know, I grew up in eastern North Carolina. I spent a lot of time at the ocean, traveled some uh, in, in a more limited fashion, but definitely had the bug planted in me, the hunger for new experiences and different cultures and, and all of these magnificent places around the world. And so that bug was really enough to initiate uh, the, the first big journey for me, which was when I was 20. And I uh, bought a one-way plane ticket to Buenos Aires. And I had a slack line. Uh, which is a balancing, it's a line you balance on. I had a slack line and a djembe, which is a little African drum. Didn't speak any Spanish, figured the djembe would be uh, a way that I could communicate so I could use this drum to actually, uh, you know, connect with people. And it actually worked really well, opened major doors for me. And uh, I guess most people's first big travel doesn't quite go the way that mine did. Um, just to give you the briefest little piece, you know, I, like I ended up down in Patagonia, um, like a day's horseback ride away from any road, um, got to be a part of a 10 day cattle drive. Uh, I was living completely off the grid ended up being sort of, uh, even held hostage by a madman and having to steal horses in the middle of the night and escape from this place. Almost got lost in the Patagonian wilderness, got back, decided to go north to the tallest mountain outside the Himalayas with very little resources. Ended up essentially accidentally becoming the youngest person to ever solo that mountain um, at the time. And then joined a traveling band of circus performers. and had the slack line in the gym bay that became my circus performance and i hitchhiked slowly over the course of months north on the spine of the andes uh setting up in parks making tips moving just meeting absolutely incredible people ended up in bolivia and then eventually uh, a master's program of of rite of passage i guess in peru where i uh i decided that with absolutely no resources left uh 
all of the money was gone. The ability to busk in city parks was not existent in that part of the world. Um, I snuck into Machu Picchu in the, in the, and that was a crazy adventure that ended up with me grabbing onto the side of a train and almost getting clipped by a tunnel and, and being able to throw myself inside the train and, and, and all sorts of crazy adventures. But long story short, I went through an absolutely massive and expansive ordeal at the age of 20. Um, it pushed every single boundary. You know, by the time I left, I was speaking and thinking and dreaming in Spanish, even though I didn't speak the language at all. When I got there, I got to go deep. I was eating all the food, drinking the water, doing everything with the local communities. Um, and my entire sense of, of value and valuation um, of what really matters and what, what binds us all and, and, and how that we are all so much more similar than we are different um, in so many intrinsic ways. And also how no matter how deeply I immersed myself in the third world, I was always one phone call away from being able to escape. And that was also super humbling for me to realize that, you know, as much as I could immerse myself, there was a level to which I couldn't really truly experience the ordeal of the people around me. And, uh, you know, that, you know, at the age of 20 laid a foundation of, of relative fearlessness, I guess, that allowed me to really throw myself at the world in ways that would seem radical to most people, but were utterly, uh, utterly important for being able to really stretch all of my edges in the ways I did to allow me to build the innovative and necessary sustainable businesses and educational programs that I am participating in today. And you really have created, uh, really just kind of living the dream right there. It's like what you, were, this story that you were just telling and setting that foundation for where your life path would take you and how you were going to get there. And now here you are and you're able to educate and, and share all those experiences. When we come back from the break, Rob, I want to pick up right there and talk more about how your journey moved moved from 20, the experiences that you had that really have contributed to where you are today and talk about these programs that you have to offer right here, not too far from where I am in Weaverville up in Barnardsville, North Carolina. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel, and I'm here with Rob Lefensky, and I'm telling you, Rob has some amazing stories, so stay tuned. Spring is in the air here in Asheville, North Carolina, and we're so excited because now is the time to join Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours on their exciting three-hour rooftop experience. You will enjoy city history, handcrafted drinks and food, breathtaking views, reserved seating, and a local guide leading the way, and they take care of the driving too. Enjoy the VIP treatment on this TripAdvisor award-winning tour. Tours seven days a week. For more information, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon. 
Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I am really excited to have Rob Lefensky here. He's the owner and founder of Madala Chocolate, which is an organic chocolate factory, and Madala Springs, which is a sustainable retreat right on the edge of the Pisgah National Forest up here in western North Carolina. And Rob, listening to your story at 20 years old, to have that kind of adventure, to let yourself be so free and go with the flow how did things unfold as you came back and re-entered into the into the world here well after an experience like i had in south america and honestly just in regards to the general predilection of my spirit there was very little there was very little opportunity for me to come back and enter into any sort of normative social situation. So I really found myself um, living at not just not just kind of the fringe of normal society, but the leading edge fringe. So the one that was, you know, with the people that are pushing the edge of eating healthy food, living sustainably, uh, healthy physical practices. I just found myself immersed in the world of raw organic superfoods and slack line and acrobatic yoga. I found myself helping seed yoga festivals around the country and helping to create these somatic experiences uh, and these really fun elements, uh, uh, helping to pioneer wilderness yoga, um, always spending lots of time in the wilderness. Uh, and, you know, my at, at the key, at the core, I always had a love for Southern Appalachia. It was the first place that really introduced me to myself. Um, even before that journey to South America and, and, and afterwards. And, you know, I spent the bulk of my 20s traveling. I spent the bulk of my 20s uh, living out of my vehicle, traveling, teaching, sharing, growing, um, pulsing out into the international world, uh, usually with some sort of purpose. Uh, you know, I spent a lot of time in Costa Rica working on a 350-acre uh, sustainable permaculture project, learning tropical permaculture. I lived at the Hawaiian Agricultural Research Center in Kauai, lived in Kauai another time in, in the Kalalau Valley and just literally disappeared altogether from society for about six months. Ended up being a part of a documentary on Kalalau, which then led to me getting flown to India and Nepal to be a part of two different documentaries there. And then India became um, another just profound spiritual journey. I ended up getting to meet and hang out with the Dalai Lama, uh, which people told me was not going to be possible, but I knew otherwise, uh, and living in a cave in Southern India for a few months and uh, hanging out with all the Babas and, you know, just like those kinds of experiences that really just kept expanding me. And while I was traveling and teaching, it was probably around 2013 when I suddenly just had something, you know, snap in a good way. And I just realized I'm done traveling. It's time for the next challenge. You know, I, I had gotten to a point where traveling and, and being in the world was no longer the challenge. You know, that's what I had done. Now it was time to really take everything that I learned and to ground it in a single location and start to build 
structures literally and figuratively for future generations. And so that led to me coming back to Asheville, starting Mandala Chocolate at a, in a circus warehouse using crock pots actually was the original way. Built my tiny house, uh, which is actually now here on site at Mandala Springs and slowly started to build resources and get myself to the point where I could do something like this. Now, I had, I had been interested in slowly building up to getting a piece of land like Mandala Springs. And I had written extensive lists saying, I want all of these things. I want a beautiful stream. I want boulders. I want spring water. I want that nice pocket of the greatest biodiversity that exists in the entire subtropical world, which is what we have here in this region, very special. I want national forest. I want to be within 30 minutes of Asheville. And on top of all of that, I want high-speed internet so I can continue to do my work bridging the gap uh, between technology, culture, and nature. So, you know, so I thought I was going to, you know, maybe get one or two acres and slowly build up to that. And uh, I guess the, the world had different plans for me. And I ended up finding this beautiful piece. It was not on the market. And the woman who owned it was waiting for someone like me to show up and reach out to her with the desire to protect it because I'm sitting on the edge. I've got national forests on three sides. I've got this profoundly pristine uh, spring fed Creek running right through the property with trout and boulders and waterfalls. And um, this land was trashed. It was a junkyard. It had been sitting for 15 years, overgrown, all these building materials everywhere. Um, it was just really disabused and it, it required someone with a special kind of crazy to come in here and really tackle uh, that. And what what's really incredible to me is how much the project seems to have fed me. You know, it took only about a year and a half. I'm four years in now for me to really get this cleared to the pristine and beautiful place that it is. And now it's a process of refinement. We've built the craftery. We have the venue space and the chocolate. Uh, we're, we're hosting all sorts of beautiful retreats. I teach the Wim Hof Method. I'm actually wearing my Wim Hof Method shirt right now. Uh, we've created this thing called the Sacred Naturalist School, teaching people about the natural environment. And we're slowly building the right kind of infrastructure that can really show people what the village of the future can look like when you're building things in coherence with the natural environment and with that, that fundamental aesthetic, you know, really creating things for beauty and for endurance and to really allow people to tap into that deeper sense of what is possible. And so that's what we're doing here. That is such a gift, Rob, of on so many levels. It's such a gift. It's a gift for you to be able to use your, uh, your deep-rooted knowledge and experience and love of humanity and, and then have a space where you can share it with others and, and create. That's so beautiful. You're so lucky. You're like living your dream here now. Yeah, I, I, and that's what I'm hoping for everyone, you know, is is that's what happens when you give yourself the opportunity of rites of passage. When you give yourself the opportunity to push yourself way outside of your comfort zone and expand your edges, the opportunity to live life like the greatest story ever told. Uh, there is there's no need for us to live anything less than 
than magnificence. There are people on the planet living magnificence. So why would why would we why would we settle for anything less for ourselves? And I and so my goal is to inspire others to step into that because that's what it's going to take. Nothing less than magnificence is what we need to create the world that we want to give the future generations. Why would I give anything less? Um, and so my my day my day in and day out goal is what is it gonna what does it take for me to continue to expand into greater levels of of effectiveness and presence and and holistic understanding and expression of that goal of creating a world that I want to pass on creating the cultural systems and habits uh, that I want to pass on to future generations so that's really. Uh, that's really kind of the mantra every day for myself. And I'm starting, I've, I've now connected to an international community that is actually focused on Mandala Springs right now, helping us to fund and create this uh, infrastructure for the future. And it's really just a thrill every day. I'm so grateful. Well, I am so grateful for you being here on Speaking of Travel and being open to share your life with us and inspiring us to to be our magnificent selves so how can we get more information i know you do a lot of youtube instructional and fun and educational youtube videos how can people get in touch with you so i've got a fantastic youtube channel and it's all about sharing practices i love it's called convergence lifestyle and convergence lifestyle is the name of the practice. You know, it's like the human is the convergence between all of our experiences. And it's finding that well-rounded range of experiences that help to empower us to really show up in ever-increasing state of excellence. So convergence lifestyle, mandalanaturals.com for the mandala chocolate and for everything that we're doing um, with sustainability, certified B Corp, certified organic, we have sugar-free chocolate. We're using wild herbs and mushrooms from this land and everything else we're sourcing from around the world are coming from farmers and communities that are in love with what they're doing. And that is really the key for us in that regard. And then mandalasprings.com uh, will show, we'll show you what's happening here. We're actually about to launch a brand new website that's going to have a lot more functionality in that regard. So that's super exciting. Yeah. And, and I hope you get to join us on this journey. I hope you get to see where we're going with it um, and, and watch as this unfolds into the future. Well, I am totally there. I am coming up there. I want to meet you in person, Rob. And I would love to have you back on Speaking of Travel as the year goes on and you can update us on these programs that you're doing. And, and again, I just feel very grateful that you, that you decided to bring yourself and all of your love here to Western North Carolina. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. It's an honor and a privilege, truly. Well, Rob, I can't wait to see you up there. And I think really you can say this is a perfect time to visit the North Carolina mountains and foothills. And if you love crafts, there's really this cool curated system of drivable trails that feature artist studios and galleries in 25 western North Carolina counties. Coming up next is Leslie Hartley. She's a communications manager at Blue Ridge National Heritage Area, and she's based right here in Asheville. She's going to tell us all about it, so stay tuned.
Spring has finally sprung, and with our backyard in full bloom, now is the time to get out and find adventure wherever it may lead. From the mountains to the rivers and all the turf in between, we are no less than blessed with our beautiful backyard right here in western North Carolina. There's a will, there's a way, and for the way we have the wheels to take you wherever you wish to wander. Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Find your adventure vehicle at PrestigeSubaru.com. Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road in Asheville. And welcome to Subiville. Buongiorno, this is Mark Smith, president of Private Italy Tours. We look forward to welcoming you to Bella Italia later this year. Our September Sicily tour is based at a spectacular villa on the Ionian coast, and our October tour to the province of Puglia is based at a fabulous winery for the first four days of the tour, and then we move to an incredible restored 13th century castello near Trecase. We are confident that our approach to outdoor tourism, that is, visiting the majority of locations outdoors, those that do not require us to be in close proximity to other visitors, is the safest and easiest way to enjoy visits to Italia on our tours this year. The Italians are ready to welcome us back with our deposit special. Details are available on our website. Your investment in the tour to confirm space is fully refundable. Join us a presto in Italia, private-italy.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. As many of you probably know, I'm a big fan of cultural and heritage tourism. There's no better way to foster community stewardship of our nation's heritage and create more memorable experiences than by visiting places that promote preservation of local traditions and the environment. And heritage tourism also helps the local and regional economy and encourages development of new community amenities. Back in 2003, Congress designated 25 counties in Western North Carolina as a distinct place that deserves preservation, and this region became the Blue Ridge National Heritage Area, a nonprofit working to preserve and protect our rich cultural and natural heritage. And with the support of partners and donors, they provide grants, training, and cultural programs. And here to tell us more about the Blue Ridge National Heritage Area is Leslie Hartley. She's the communication manager based here in Asheville. And Leslie, it is so nice to have you on Speaking of Travel. Marilyn, thank you so much. I've been looking forward to this. I'm really a, a fan of your podcast. And I think this is a great match. Thank you for having me. Well, and thank you also for being partners with RomanticAsheville.com because it is these regional partnerships that make us such a unique and special place to come and visit. Absolutely. We love Romantic Asheville. We're happy to be a partner with them, and we really appreciate them recommending we come on board today. Well, Leslie, I mentioned that it was 2003 when Congress designated these 25 counties here in Western North Carolina as the Blue Ridge National Heritage Area. Can you give us just a little bit of backstory on how that history even came to be? Right. Well, um, 
As you mentioned, we, we are one of the very first national heritage areas in the country, actually. And Congress at that time was looking at the um, opportunity to really preserve some unique areas in the United States. And the Blue Ridge, obviously, as you know, I mean, we have everything from the oldest river in the United States with the new river that starts in the Blue Ridge Mountains to the largest home in the United States in America with Biltmore Estate, one of the oldest mountain ranges in the country, not to mention the living traditions of the Cherokee that originate here. And the fact that our region here in these 25 counties of Western North Carolina hosts some of the most uh, distinct music traditions and also um, has served as an epicenter of craft for a really long time. So I think it was just a natural decision and a wonderful decision that they made. And our organization, which actually is a nonprofit, I don't think many people know that, but the Blue Ridge National Heritage Area Partnership is a nonprofit organization that is given the task of taking care of this area's natural and cultural treasures. And so we're a proud steward of that. As you should be proud, because you've been doing it for a long time, and that means that the preservation goes on and on. And I want to talk about those crafts, because as we know, Western North Carolina has a strong Scotch heritage ancestry. They, the Scotch-Irish were here and settled here in these mountains, and... Mm-hmm. The Appalachian Mountain people here have always used craft, not only to make things that they, that they use, but also for art. And I know the heritage area has been very instrumental in helping out with crafts in this region. Tell us a little bit about what is going on with the craft industry here in Western North Carolina through your partnership. Yeah, thank you. Um, As you mentioned earlier, we provide cultural programs in addition to training and grants to to our communities in this area. And one such cultural program is, is the Blue Ridge Craft Trails. This is a whole new initiative that we're really excited about. We received um, generous funding from the Appalachian Regional Commission, uh, the Cherokee Preservation Foundation, just to name a few, to make this happen. And it's a drivable trail that you can follow throughout Western North Carolina to discover really these wonderful hidden gems in rural towns of artists in their studios who are welcome to happy to welcome you in. They include potters, woodworkers, jewelers, weavers, and and just on and on. So we saw this, how how we are unique in this area with all of the artists. And um, of course, Asheville and Buncombe County is really rich, but we discovered too, you get out along the ribbon of the Blue Ridge Parkway and go out onto the communities and you, you can really discover even more artists, which is kind of a fun thing to do if you're looking for a nice road trip. But this initiative really recognizes and celebrates that, that vibrancy of traditional and contemporary craft in our area. And how can people get more information to plan their trip to come here to Western North Carolina and travel on the Blue Ridge Craft Trail? Well, I tell you, we have maps, um, suggested itineraries, 
and artist profiles at blueridgecrafttrails.com. We even have a, um, a tool where you can create your own itinerary, pick out the different places you want to go, and it'll put it all together for you. So anyway, that's uh, blueridgecrafttrails.com. And there's so much more to find out about the Blue Ridge National Heritage. What is the uh, website for the Blue Ridge National Heritage itself so people can see the scope of work that is going on over there? Thanks for asking, Marilyn. It is blueridgeheritage.com. BlueRidgeHeritage.com. Well, Mm -hmm. I can't thank you enough, Leslie, for being on Speaking of Travel today. And I know that you have so many other programs that are going on. And I really encourage everybody to to visit the BlueRidgeCraftTrails.com and the Blue Ridge Heritage. Is it BlueRidgeHeritage.com? Yes, it is. BlueRidgeHeritage.com to find out more. And what a beautiful time of the year to come and visit, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, things are just starting to bloom. It's definitely spring in Western North Carolina. So make those plans or come for the summer. Oh, that's a great idea. Come for the summer. In fact, come for the whole summer. Find a yeah, place. Yeah, what a dream. <laughs> I know, right? And there's so yeah. many other places that, that are so beautiful to visit this time of the year. And again, mm-hmm. I want to give a big shout out to you and your team at the Blue Ridge National Heritage Area for for just keeping keeping it going. I know we've had some rough times. Things have been kind of shaky and iffy, and yet the Blue Ridge National Heritage Area just continues to preserve and protect our region. So thank you all for all that you do. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marilyn. Well, thanks to Leslie and all the team at the Blue Ridge National Heritage Area. And you know, as more and more people are beginning to travel domestically and we're ready to hop on a plane to go visit our family and friends or even go visit some cultural areas, you'll need to make sure you have an acceptable form of ID, specifically a real ID. To find out what you need to know about a real ID, coming up next is Tina Kinsey, Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport. If you're not sure whether you need a real ID, I suggest you stay with us and find out how to determine if you need one or not. So stay tuned. Spring is blooming and it's the perfect time to get out and explore North Carolina's Blue Ridge Mountains. Create your perfect vacation or staycation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com Travel Guide covers a nearly 100-mile radius in and around Asheville, North Carolina. With idyllic weather, beautiful scenery, and a variety of safe and memorable adventures, Western North Carolina is the place to be. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Hi, this is Marilyn with a quick update. Things in the travel industry are changing quickly, and there is news today that the Department of Homeland Security is extending the Real ID full enforcement date from October 1st, 2021 to May 3rd, 2023. Stay tuned for Tina Kinsey to tell us more about the Real ID here on Speaking of Travel. Fly me to the moon, let me play. Among the stars, 
Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. Well, it is hard to believe that this year is flying by so fast. And speaking of flying, as more and more people are beginning to travel again, it's really important that we keep up with the most current information about what we're going to need to ensure we travel safely and in compliance. So take note, starting on October 1, 2021, the real ID will become one of the accepted forms of identification travelers will need to get through airport security under the federal real ID law. And because every state has been handling the new requirements differently, there could still be confusion over how to get the cards and what they really are. So it helps to understand a few basics about the real ID. And here to explain what we'll need to know about the real ID is Tina Kinsey, Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport. Hey, Tina, it's so great to have you on Speaking of Travel today. So good to be here. So, Tina, we've been talking about this real ID for quite a while because last year was really when it was going to be started and implemented, and then it kind of went uh, went away for a while, and now it's back. So what's happening with that real ID? Well, the, the deadline for real ID uh, was extended to October of this year. So we've got a little less than six months to go before air travelers uh, will have to show either a real ID or a passport. Those are the two most common forms of identification that will be necessary for domestic travel. So your regular driver's license that you've had forever, that will no longer be an accepted form of identification to board a domestic flight. The difference with the real ID, it's still still your driver's license, but it has a star emblem on, on the license. And that indicates that you've gone through the extra steps to uh, prove your identity and have a little bit more of a background check to get that that level of a driver's license that is appropriate for air travel. So what happens if you get to the airport and you do not have your real ID come October 1st? Well, um, that will be, uh, there, there could be additional screening that is required. You could be denied boarding. Um, you know, it's, the TSA has various steps that they take when travelers arrive without appropriate identification. So, you know, it's not a guarantee that you would be able to go through and get on that airplane. So we are really encouraging everyone to go ahead, take that step, get your real ID, uh, make your appointment with the Department of Motor Vehicles, It's not hard to do. It's just a little extra paperwork that you have to bring with you. You might have to go to your safe deposit box and get your birth certificate, you know, or some other things like that. But it just takes a minute. Uh, It's not expensive. And then you're set. Well, I know last year I did exactly that. I, I made an appointment and I can't stress that enough. It is so easy to pick up the phone and call your local agency 
and make an appointment. And that way, when you go, they call your name and you go right in. There's no sitting and waiting around. And it was really easy to do. It, w it really is like getting another driver's license. They give you a temporary one. And then in the mail, just a few days later, you receive your real ID. Right. So That's right. It's important that everybody really take that take that next step now as we're six months out and get your appointment and get it all ready. And another thing I really want to stress too is, and Tina, you and I have talked about this, things are changing all the time. I mean, we've been seeing that. So what would you recommend as far as people being able to kind of keep up with TSA and Real ID and all of these things that are going on? You know, uh, to be a savvy traveler, you just need to stay in touch with your airline. Uh, airports are great places. Their websites are great places to get um, information or links to other agencies like the TSA. And then, you know, the Transportation Security Administration, they really do create and enforce a lot of the rules around the security of travel. So it's important to um, stay in touch with them. You can even follow them on social media, uh, but they are great about keeping all information up to date, easy to find right on their websites. And it's easy to find right on your website as well. You have a lot of great links right there on the Asheville Regional Airport website. Tell us where people can get more information. Sure. Just visit us at flyavl.com and you know, we think it's easy to navigate and find what you need. And we've got a search function right on the homepage also. Well, that makes it very easy. And I know because I do follow the uh, Asheville Regional Airport on your website and social media that you have some big news uh, that was <laughs> we announced last week. Let's talk a little bit about that, Tina. Sure. So we're going to paint the town blue in 2022. JetBlue has announced that they are adding Asheville to their route map in summer of next year, 2022. So we are absolutely thrilled. This is an, a, an exciting announcement. They're going to be serving Boston out of Asheville. And so, you know, what a great what a great destination in and of itself. And we'll welcome people from the Boston area on those flights as well. But it opens up connections, you know, domestically in the Northeast, uh, to, but also internationally from Boston. Boston is a hub city for JetBlue. And JetBlue is a low-cost carrier. And they uh, offer some great amenities like free Wi-Fi on every flight, every seat. They have very comfortable planes. Uh, it's a, a lot of people really enjoy the JetBlue product. So we are just thrilled. Well, I am so thrilled too, because as I said earlier, as more and more people are starting to travel again, by next year at this time, we are going to really be like a, a hub. Asheville is is now, I would say, a massive hub for for the airlines. And I just want to say a big shout out to you and your team and everybody who's just been keeping on this. And, and I also want to just point out that 
what is going on at the Asheville Regional Airport is really important to look at as a model of the airports all over the country because you have had this steady growth, very steady, even throughout the past year. And I just want everybody to recognize that what's happening is so in line with what we need to be happening as we all move forward again. Yeah, it's, you know, it it is exciting. And um, the airport and any airport in a community, in a region is an economic anchor organization. You know, we're, we're a hub of job development and global transport and connectivity and, you know, really makes a difference in the region. And we are also a reflection of what happens in Western North Carolina. You know, this is a wonderful, desirable area. A lot of people want to be here, come here either to live and work or to visit. And so we're a reflection of that as well. And what you mentioned uh, a while back is that we also are a a region of people who love to travel. Yeah, yeah. So so (laughs) we're, we're all very excited. And tell us again, Tina, how we can get more information and also get signed up for your newsletter. Sure. So visit us at flyavl.com. And right there on the homepage, there is a sign up at the very bottom, just scroll down and you can sign up for window seat. That is our monthly e-newsletter and we will keep you informed of all the latest and greatest. Well, Tina, thank you so much. We'll look forward to keeping up with what's going on, not only at the Asheville Regional Airport, but in aviation news overall. When you're on Speaking of Travel again next week, we'll look forward to it. Great. Thanks, Marilyn. Well, thanks, Tina. And thanks to Rob and Leslie for being on Speaking of Travel today. I'll tell you, I am loving these beautiful spring days with warmer temperatures and just crystal blue skies. But over this last year, I think a lot of us have become accustomed to being in a comfort zone of finding ourselves being more alone and independent. And as the weather starts to warm up and the restrictions are relaxing and we're finally able to start getting together again, it's easy to maybe panic about life returning to normal, especially for social anxiety sufferers like myself. I'm actually feeling a little bit more anxious and trying to figure out how to pace myself for restarting my life. Sometimes it's just going to be taking it slowly and adding activities back into our routine at a pace that feels good for you. We still want to be sure we're safe, so keep wearing those masks, washing your hands, and take care when you're around people to keep a safe distance. And if you're going to go out, go at a time when you can be outside and maybe try going out on a weekday rather than a weekend when it becomes a little bit more crowded. Some things will be different, so try putting other people at ease. That might help your own anxiety. And when it comes to traveling again, remind yourself why you want to travel. Imagine yourself there and remember that life is short. You don't want to find yourself thinking you had this chance when traveling is safer now than it ever has been and that the fear of living with regrets is not a place you ever want to be. Let's turn our anxiety into a positive. Before we know it, we won't even struggle with getting out of our comfort zones. We can do it. Be kind to yourself, trust yourself, and remember, don't postpone joy.